Have you been enjoying the series, What's On Your Mind? You've been in, two of y'all. Y'all been enjoying this for real? Uh, <clears throat> because what it is, we live in a world to where we put our minds on things too much. Would you agree? That you live a life overthinking things? Is that anybody? <laughs> I'm trying my best. Now, I'm going to be straight, dead level honest with you. If you walked up here and looked at my notes right here, you would see that it says in my title, What's on your mind? Week one of seven. I have not got off the first message in three weeks. We're going to be here a while. Because the biggest downfall of every Christian is your mind. I, I don't care how smart you are, how successful you are. None of those things matter if your mind is ruling you. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have common sense. There's a very different thing in being smart and common sense. You ever met those people? Book smart, but can't walk through a door. Y'all get that visual here in just a minute. They'll pull on a push, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so what, what we have to deal with is that there are certain aspects of our mind that are to be used on this planet in everyday life. But we lean on our mind into a spiritual walk. And that was never the design. You were never to be spiritual by how you think. How, being spiritual should change how you think. Amen. Because it is what you think about that gets you in the most trouble. It's what you set your mind on. It's the biggest voices in your life. It's the things that really get in there and make you wonder why. And this is my favorite, absolute favorite saying, and I want you to really hear this. Think about what you are thinking about. Because it's not hard. It's not hard for, for somebody that, that's halfway spiritual to spend a few minutes with you and, and, and really in conversation with you figure out who you are in just a few minutes. Uh, I, can, I can tell. I can tell by, by your, your Facebook traffic. I, I, can tell, I can tell by how you interact in the hallways and how when I walk up how you change. I, I can tell all those things how you live your thought life. Now, we don't, we don't do those things. We don't walk around and go on. But it's noticeable. Because not everybody is in their heart who they want to be. Some things have just hung on to you from childhood or tragic circumstances, and they make you think a certain way. So when something happens, you react that way. Amen? So here's how it works. When you live in your mind, and again, I'm nowhere near my notes, so this is going to be 12 weeks, Lord Jesus. It works like this. If something has ever happened to you in life, I don't care if you're seven months I don't care if you're seven years old, 12 years old, 70 years old. The moment that that happened to you, that you were traumatized, your brain marks it. And what happens is the minute that something in your life, say you grow up, say it, say it at 13 years old, something happened to you, you're a female, something happened to you with a male, and, and, and you know, you've brushed it aside and you've dealt with it, you've gone to counseling and all that, and, and then you get married at 30 and something happens in your relationship and, and somebody may not hurt you like that person hurt you, but yet you feel intimidated in that situation, you revert back to that 13-year-old kid. Your reaction in your mind is to revert back to the moment that it happened to you. This is why I teach so much about getting out of your soul and getting into your spirit. Y'all looking at me like cows looking at a new gate. Listen, when you can get past, I'm going down so it freaks out, I'm sorry. If you can get past what you think about the most and get into hearing him the most, 
your life can absolutely change. Amen. Can absolutely change. And that is a hard thing to do. I, I don't mean to sit up here and make light of that. Because it takes, it takes hours and days and weeks and months to develop such a relationship with the Holy Spirit that at a moment's notice you can hear Him versus you. Now, He's talking all the time. But are you listening all the time? I told you last week the stories of, of people that were in the tower or were supposed to be going to work and, and uh, different things happened. The Holy Spirit was talking to them about not going in and, and things like that. And this is what I gave you. And everybody asked me about it, so I want to give it to you again. And we'll get to Scripture here in a minute. Trust me, we'll get there. But remember this. Your thoughts cause your feelings. Your feelings provoke intentions. Your intentions become your actions. Your actions form your habits, and your habits create your lifestyle. And when you create an attitude that aligns yourself with the values of Christ, we're not talking about being so religious and star uh, starchy, and, and, and we're talking about religion. We're talking about relationship. When you get to where you've spent so much time with him that he rubs off on you, now you're beginning to see the benefit of being a Christian. Most people, I firmly believe, most people go to heaven and they never see the benefit of being a Christian. Most people in their race early in their minds tormented with things. I worked in a nursing home uh, in my years, uh, in my uh, junior, senior year of high school. Now, my oldest brother, buddy, some of y'all have met him, special needs. So growing up, I spent a lot of time at the nursing home and, and at his, uh, his, here it's called the Ark, down there it's called the Smack Center, S-M-A-C. Um, but we, I spent a lot of time volunteering and, and in situations like that. Really, it's just so I could hang out with my brother because I could send him to get me phone numbers from the girls. But the truth is, uh, he was good at it, too. He's like, hey, girl, you pretty. And she'd think he's all cute. Give him a number. I'm like, give me that. Put it in my pocket. So, well, but I'm saved. Don't be judging me. <laughs> but and he reminds me, too, every time I bring that up, that how, that was a long time ago. He tells me all the time. But... What happens is, is when, you, when you spend time in those situations, especially in the nursing home that I had the job at, you see a lot of people in their race. You do. You see a lot of people go where they're going for eternity. And even those people who are saved, you can tell at the last hours of their life where they are with Christ. That if it was been a religion, and they're saved, thank God they make it to heaven, but there's so much fear there, you could tell. And those that know him, it's almost like they just go to sleep. And those that know him but don't know him intimately are still afraid. Is this real? Is it not? I believe in you, Jesus. I hope you're real. You know, that kind of thing. You can, and then those that aren't saved, you, I don't even want to go in. You can tell. So the thing is, it all, works, it all works on your emotions, but it shouldn't work in your emotions. Amen. You were given emotions to enjoy, not to be ruled by. See, God's an emotional God, but he doesn't make decisions based on his emotion. If God, y'all just answer this internally, do not raise your hands. If God made decisions based on emotions on how you, you've acted, ooh, boy, quiet. But it's true. If God makes decisions based on the emotions of they've gone against my word, they haven't acted the way they've acted, they've not shown honor, they've not done this, they don't tithe, blah, 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 blah. If God reacted emotionally to those things like you would, if you were God, you'd be zapping people. <laughs> if I was God, have, I'd be, have plenty be gone. I'll just be honest with you. But here's the thing. God's not like that. 
God's not a man that he should lie. Actually, the, the scripture is God's not a man that he can lie. What he says about you is what he believes about you. Your entire Christian walk should be based on you figuring out what he said about you. That'll mess you up right there. Let me give you some scripture just so people can say that I did. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. <clears throat> Are you okay this morning? Y'all listening good. I like it. I got this Bible with the little writing in it. Well, I guess if I go the right direction, wouldn't it? See, when you get used to an iPad, you, you lose where you're at in the Bible. That's a really sad thing. Philippians 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, verse 6, who being the form of God, saying form, but did not consider it robbery to be equal. Say equal. equal. To be equal with God. This is a reference to Psalms where it speaks of angels where people are a little lower than the angels, which is a mistranslation in the King James. The King James is a mistranslation. Are y'all with me? Now listen, if you're religious, you're about to get mad, but you're all right, just hang on. The actual original Aramaic text says you're a little lower than God, which means you're created in his image and expected to act like him means you don't sit back and worship angels and expect them to do all the work. You're a, you're a general. You command them. Are y'all with me? Yeah. You, you know how much help you have. You actually know how much help you have. The problem is, is we never tap into it because we're stuck in our soul. We're stuck in our emotions. We're stuck in how we think. And when you live life in how you think, you've stopped God from telling you what to think. It's either deep or you're tired. Here's the deal. When you live life, understanding this, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Let's move on. Let's go to that next one. Put that up there for me. There we go. But made himself of no reputation. Here's the key. That scripture freaks a lot of people out where, oh, well, you're, you're, you're equal with God. But see, here's the qualifier. Everybody with me? but made himself of what? No reputation. Which means you don't get to walk around going, I'm a son of God. You get to go, you love me so much you made me your son. It's a heart change. See, if you can get that under control, God can do amazing things with you. See, when I go places, when I go to Canaan Land, they're very honorable, especially if there's meetings. They put me right on the front row. Uh, when I go different places where I'm connected with people, they move us right. It's, April's like, she's very uncomfortable. She doesn't like to be up on the front row. But they'll move us and they'll place us in places of honor. We don't ask for that. We really don't. As a matter of fact, we're happy to be in the room. You can put us in the back of the tape table. We're good. See, because we're not trying to make ourselves of any reputation. Does that make sense? So a lot of people do what they do trying to make a reputation and took upon him the form of what? Servant and was made into the likeness of men, which means he was made into your likeness to die so that when he was tore open, everything in him came on you to make you back in his likeness. This was not a one-way deal. This was a swap. And he came and he said, I'm taking the worst and giving you the best. But you don't think that way 
Your spirit does. Are y'all with me? Next verse. And being found and fashioned as a man, he what? Humbled himself and became what? Obedient unto death. Now, stop. I'm fixing to mess y'all up. <laughs> There's two deaths. Y'all with me? Have you ever seen that? It's two deaths. Unto death, even the death of the cross. Which means he took on him death. And then went into the pit and destroyed death. Oh, I, I, I don't know if I have enough time. He took on death that's on the earth. The human, physical, soulish death. He also took on death in the spirit and defeated both, but look, defeated himself. Oh, split the heads, put it in. If you could see how much he loves you, you would absolutely, you would stop looking in the mirror and saying, I don't like this, and I don't like that, and I wish my hair was this way, and I wish my face was that way, and I wish my body was this way, and I wish my eyes were there. Listen, he made you who you are, and you are not the clothing you have on. People ask me all the time, and we, we're going to get into some theological stuff. This is teaching. I hope you're all ready for this. This is teaching. If I was to take a diagram of a human being and put it on that screen, you'd see the form of a human, which is our earth suit. That's our body. That's one part of who we are. Then if I showed you on one side of it is your soul, one side of it is your spirit, and we listed the things that you feeded the most or fed the most, which side would be heaviest? Obviously, it's your soul. Because when you feed your soul, now I'm fixing, I'm gonna get into some stuff that people don't like. Is that okay? It's not like I'm gonna do it anyway. People in the church will, will love to scream, homosexuality's a sin. Oh, I agree. I agree but it's also a spirit. So that stuff just don't happen. And people will say, well, I was born this way. Well, in their brain they are. And here's why. Because when you feed, even from a child, your soul more than your spirit, your soul begins to believe what that demon's telling it. And it becomes real. That's all you know. So I was born this way. However, when you get over to the spirit side and you begin to feed, see, people say, well, they, they just need to quit all that before they come to church. No, 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 that's actually not true. They need to get their butts in here under the anointing and start feeding that spirit where that spirit grows up and begins to deal with that demon and begin to push it away from who they are. And you say, well, that's homosexual. No, 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 that's people who won't give. That's people who won't fast. That's people with bad attitudes. That's people with glutton problems. That's people who will cut the pastor and eat them for lunch while they kiss them on the cheek in here. And don't think I don't know who y'all are. The truth is, that's real. What's real is not Democrat or Republican. What's real are where are the people that's praying for the leaders. That's real. Oh, y'all mad now. Everybody scared? 
What's real is when you look at him and say, what is it you desire versus anything else on this planet that's going on? Because if he's told you to do it, he's given you the power to accomplish it. When you settle into a place that you understand Jesus became obedient unto death here and defeated death there, death has no hold on you. Which means if he's called you to do it, you're stopping yourself, stop blaming the devil. We have made the devil so much bigger and badder than he is. I am not saying that sickness and disease and the things that he's brought on this earth are not real. I'm not saying that. However, I am saying the power that we've given it, he's manipulated us just like he manipulated Adam. He's got our minds thinking we know. 13 weeks, I ain't there yet. Think about what you're thinking about. I've spent seven weeks teaching you on your position. Your behavior will change when your position's right. But you're trying to change your behavior and never getting in the right position. And it's impossible. Everybody, don't raise your hands, but everybody tries to die on Monday. My favorite message that I used to preach was Monday's coming. You know what that means? That means you ain't ever got to start because there's another Monday coming. Monday's coming. But now let me read this list to you in light of everything I just said. Let me read this list to you again. Your thoughts cause feelings. Who's got feelings? I got one left. <laughs> and it gets hurt. My thoughts cause feelings. Your feelings provoke your intentions. If, if somebody hurts your feelings... Most people, and I'm, now some, some of us are meek and humble, like me, praise the Lord. But when you get your, why are you laughing? When you get your feelings hurt, you try to hurt the person that hurts you. Or, here's even worse, you hurt the person that loves you the most because you're hurt. Does that make sense? My feelings provoke intentions. My intentions become actions, is what we just described. My actions become habits. What happens is when your actions become habits, you become a habitual abuser. See, I know we don't like to use these words, but it's time we just stop preaching flowery, flowery, Jesus loves us, and actually get into why we are the way we are. I think Jesus loves us all. I'm happy about it. But at some point, wouldn't you like to be free? Wouldn't you like to stop living in the cycle that's stopping you? But see, nobody can recognize the cycle because nobody's got the guts to speak up. Nobody got to say, you know, you're really doing this a lot. Hey, listen, if you will step back and watch your marriage, watch your kids, watch your husband, watch your wife, watch your dog. Everybody has cycles. I got a big old white bulldog at my house. He's got cycles. I can pull in the yard. He's going to meet me at the, garage, at the driveway and run around in front of my truck to the backyard where I park to make sure there's no monsters back there to eat me. Every once in a while, he'll get a chipmunk just because he thinks that chipmunk's going to bite me in my jugular or something. He's got cycles. People will come into my office for pastoral care. And the first thing I, I look at, two things. Now, I'm fixing to be dead level honest, and you can get mad if you want to. There's two things I look at. Now, I don't pay attention to this every week, but these are the two things I look at. First of all, I look at your tithing record because how am I going to rebuke the devourer if you won't? Ooh, let silence hit the room there, praise the Lord. Secondly, secondly, I look at your 
emotional cycle? Is this something we've dealt with before? It all comes back around until you get involved and realize there is more death in you than just dying. That's why Jesus had two deaths. I went the long way around to give you something really deep. There is the physical death outside of him, the physical death inside of him. Then there's the death that comes off your tongue. And if Jesus went to hell to defeat it, why do you keep bringing it back up? Now now that I've kicked all your sacred cows, can I kick them again? Is this okay? Are y'all learning? Now, you are a speaking spirit. Agreed? What you say is what you have. Now, we can put that over into the, oh, well, your word of faith. No, no, no. Listen, just think about what you say. Well, my husband just won't ever act right. Does he? Maybe you got a part of that. Why are you grinning? <laughs> my kids, my kids, they're just crazy. Are they? They wasn't crazy when they couldn't talk. Who put that in them? See, our words are very, very powerful. Your dog will act what you do. I'm telling you. How do you train a dog? That's right. You can train a dog better with words than you can beating it with a paper. You can. Well, there's got to be food involved, but that's most people. Listen, if we're going to eat here, I can preach for three hours if there's food after church every Sunday. April said, don't do that. (laughs) But your words are powerful. You are a speaking spirit, which means God gave you the ability. Listen, when Jesus Jesus was broken up, when when murder came onto him, when his blood flowed, every anointing and grace and power that was on him came onto you. Are you with me? So if Jesus could say, Speak unto this mountain and be thou removed. Why would he say that if he didn't expect for that to be on you? This is my favorite. My favorite certain denominations will tell me, and and I'm not knocking denominations, but I will tell you this. They, They will look me in the eye because they don't like the way I preach, and they say, the day of miracles is over. You're preaching miracles, and the day of healing is over. The day That's, okay. And then they'll say, well, look, can I pray for you? Well, why pray if miracles are over? Why are we wasting a lot of time praying if there ain't no miracles? If there ain't no miracles, I'm in here at 7 o'clock every morning. I'm tired. Oh, that's right. Y'all ain't in here with me. That's okay. I'll be tired. Listen. The ones in here laughing giggled. Oh, the ones that are here giggled. When there are no miracles, there is no prayer. It's not the other way around. There is no such thing as a day of miracles, only a God of miracles, and he's not going anywhere. He's waiting on you to understand the power and the anointing and the grace that's been put on your tongue. But we use it for what we think. Are y'all okay? Because I know I'm messing with y'all a little bit. When we live life so caught up, this is why I hate social media. I hate it. Because people are awfully tough when all they have to do is type. Boy, they so bad. And they will say nasty things about you when they ain't got to look you in the eye. Because the truth is, they wouldn't say that without something pushing them that they don't recognize is there. That's demonic activity. See, we, say, we, we stay so much in our souls and in our minds that we get infiltrated with thoughts that have nothing to do with the move of the Spirit. 
And while we're sitting there for 17 hours in our underwear in our mama's basement on Facebook, you could be in Walmart praying for somebody that needs to be delivered from something. But you don't see yourselves as being anointed to do that. Because Satan has got your mind so caught up in that's the preacher's job or that's the minister's job or let somebody else do that. I'm not called to do that. No, no, no. We are all, everybody in this room is anointed to do amazing things. Amen. See, we, we deep today. I hope y'all are okay. This, this isn't the normal little fluffy, hey, let's laugh at Pastor Allen. Ha, ha. No, no, no. It's time for us to change. Because if you're going to get where you're supposed to be as a father, as a mother, as a grandmother, as a son, as a daughter, as a child of the living God, then you've got to get your mind out of the way and be willing to listen to the Spirit of God to work on you to begin to move like Him. We use this phrase, especially in the Pentecostal world, all the time. Pastor, I'm looking for a move of God. Hallelujah. I understand that phrase. I do. Matter of fact, I use it. But it's actually an incorrect phrase. Because God is always moving. It's our job just to step into the flow. And, 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 and when you're in one of those services, you ever been one of them slobber knocking services? I mean baby slanging, you know what I'm saying? Just, just one of them services. We, <laughs> that just means we finally just settled into what he's already doing. And we've gotten emotional. Emotions were given to us to enjoy, not to be ruled by not in life, and not in services. Because we are supposed to be so tapped into him that at the drop of a hat we can stop what we're doing and go do exactly what he said. I guarantee if I pass the mic around, which we're not going to do, but if I pass the mic, if I said, Brian, tell me a time when the Lord spoke to you to go do this, and he would have a story. Everybody's got a story that God's talking to you, but you, you and he may have obeyed, but, but, but everybody kind of holds back because they don't think they're qualified. Let me just pull the curtain back. None of us are qualified. It's the blood of Jesus that qualifies us. When the Bible says he took on the form of man, it's so that the atmosphere, the heavenly saw man with authority. Like Adam. Y'all with me? They saw Adam with authority. Then they saw Satan with the authority because Alan gave it up. Alan. Adam gave it up. <laughs> are y'all with me? So Jesus took it back. Then all of a sudden the hell is, oh, he didn't got it no more. Now he got it. And then Jesus gave it to you. And now the heavenlies are just waiting on somebody to speak like him. That's it. And if the whole church ever got that revelation, man, you'd see people laying hands on people in parking lots and they'd be getting healed. But the church wants to go party. We want to go shout. And I think those are great. I think those are great things. Don't get me wrong. But when you're so focused on church and going to have church versus being the church, we're now focused on having a move of God rather than being the move of God. You are the word. You are Jesus on this planet. You should be the representation of Christ. Making of yourself no reputation. You know how you make reputation? You think about it. Oh, I want to be this. I want to be that. Is it starting to make sense now? I want to be this. Oh, if I, if I want to be here, I got to do that. I'm not saying not prepare. I'm not saying not educate yourself. I'm saying don't live so much in your brain. See, a lot of people will tell you the blessings that's coming to your life. Well, you don't really want to talk about those. You know, we, you know, we, you, you just, I don't know if that's God, brother. 
Let me tell you something. If somebody can tell you they don't know if it's God, they don't need to have a voice in your life. Because ultimately, you have to answer for you. Now, back to these cows we're kicking. I'm two minutes over, and it's okay. Let's keep going. Anybody hungry? Don't raise your hand. I'm really fixing, I'm fixing, we're fixing to wrap this up. Now, back to this. If you have intentions, those intentions become actions. What are your actions? If you had to make a list of your daily actions, just like you had to make a list of your soul and your spirit, which one's heavier? Which one's self-promotion? Versus, Lord, show me. I know today's not fiery and today's not exciting. And I know, I know all that thing. But I, I've gotten past all of that. I want the people in this church to be able to walk out of here and say, I'm getting my position right. I'm watching things change. Doesn't matter what the doctor says. Doesn't matter what my job says. You do realize you don't live by your salary. You do realize that. You don't live by your salary. You live by your seat. You, you don't live, listen, you don't live by your thought life, you live by your prayer. You don't live by your actions, you live by how you're directed. That's life. Now the Bible says this, the Bible says to you very clearly that he, God wants you to have life and life more abundantly, right? Now we've used that scripture for money like crazy, but that's not what it's talking about, that's a part of it. But a more abundant life means that you, you get your marching orders, you go accomplish. You get your marching orders, you go accomplish. And people say, well, I'm believing God for a house. I need more money. I need this. If you do what he's saying and your giving life is in order, it will amaze you six months from now what he's doing for you. Because God will not owe you a thing. If he asks you to do it, he's going to bless you for doing it. Y'all with me? Y'all all looking kind of sour. Y'all Okay. I'm the one sweating. <laughs> so one more thing. Let me give you one more thing and then we're going to let you go home. At least I think I am. I'm not sure yet. Y'all just hang tight. Y'all got four inches of pad. That means I got four hours of preaching. All right. <laughs> Romans 4 and 17. Romans 4 and 17. Abraham believed, uh, and I'm reading from the New Living, I believe. Uh, Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life who creates new things out of nothing. Verse 18, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping and believing that he would become the father of many nations. For right here, God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. Right here, let's stop. I got some more scriptures, but let's stop right here. The Bible says that Abraham had to get to a place where he was fully persuaded. And it was almost three decades after God spoke to him. So it took him three decades to get his mind out of the way to accept what God had said. I believe that Abraham and Sarah could have had Isaac nine months later. I believe that. But, but Abraham kept going back and forth. And even at his age and his wisdom and his relationship with God, even the father of our faith, it took him 30 years to get his soul under control. So I'm saying all of this to say this one thing. Stop beating yourselves up 
and stop trying to get results and just build a relationship. Just get close to him. Stop worrying about the results and worry about his reaction. And then you'll start seeing things happen. We were, we were and I'll, t- I'll tell you this story. April and I were sitting, at, uh, sitting on a couch with Mac and Sandra Gober years ago. Years and years ago. It's been a long time now, hasn't it? She's going to start crying. I said, Mac. Um, only father I ever known outside of my, my father that I lost at 12 years old. So we're sitting there with Mac and and uh, to be quite honest with you, we went down there uh, to sow a seed. We, uh, the, the Lord had, I had gotten blessed with $1,000. I, I can't remember how it came into my hands. But as soon as it hit my hand, I said, Lord, whose money is this? And he said, Matt Gober. So we drove down. We get, and, and people say, well, are you just buying his favor? No, no, I was a son way before the money was involved. But the Lord said that was his money. I have no idea what Cain Lynn needed it for. It's not my business. So we went down there and we put the money in his hand. And, and he didn't care about the money. He put the money over there. We, we talking, you know, with son, son to father. And he looked at April with tears in his eyes. He looked at me and he said, you know, you guys drove three hours down here of your own gas and stopping and eating and, and all of these different things. And, and, he, and you come down here just to hang out with old Mac. He called himself old Mac. I don't know why he did, but he did. He come down here to hang out with old Mac. And then he started crying like ugly crying. Because if you knew old Mac, that's what he did. And he threw his arm around me, and, and of course he loved April. He liked me, but he loved April. And, and he, he grabbed April. I think he, we were, he was sat between us. So I think he grabbed April's knee. He threw his arm around me, and he said, there's going to come a day that these young men, that ain't no angel, y'all, that's in insulation, just so y'all know. Don't get all spiritual and take off running. Peace insulation done caused a revival down by the bridge. Hallelujah. And it's just floating too. Now that might be an angel. I'm just saying. Now everybody's focused on it. Don't fall over dead like Yuza did when he was holding the ark. But Mac, he, he grabbed April's knee and he threw his arm around him. And he, by this time, he's, just, he's looking for tissue because it's just snot everywhere. And he said, he said, there's going to be young men. He said, there's going to be young men. They're going to be chasing you because they need a dad. And he said, you'll be more to them than I ever was to you. And he doesn't know what he was to me. So I know i got a lot of work to do in getting my soul out of the way. That's why I spend so much time talking about your spirit versus your soul. Because I know if Alan stays in Alan's soul, he's a nasty individual. Truth be known, you all are. Oh, but if you ever get to that place where it's just you and him. He does something on the inside of you that it's just hard to explain. Makes you fall in love with people two weeks ago you wanted to just punch them in the eye. It makes you pray for people that a year ago you wished they were dead and out of your life. Now, you may not be that extreme, but I was. And to sit back and watch the Becoming Center come together and God send me men from all directions. See, they think they're just coming to help. They have no idea they were called in by a man that's now in heaven. They have no idea the the hours we spent on the phone praying. And all of you. So it's important that we stay in our spirit because that's where we can help people that need us. Because it's not you, it's him. So I said all that to say this.
And I say this about every three weeks, and I want you to hear me. Again, y'all understand? Week 14. Take the spiritual pressure off. The results are his responsibility. Your responsibility is to obey. Amen? Stand to your feet with me. Come on up. Come on up, those of you who are playing this morning. Come on up. The lights are going to dim. I just want you to bow your heads right where you are.